What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Sheena, at the 5-5 Podcast. We're just a bunch of students at WSSU in Winston-Salem talking about class, race, gender, and justice. We have myself, Sheena, you're a moderator, and some really awesome panelists today, Ava, Alejandro, and Samantha. Today, our topic is Let's Talk White Privilege. We're going to go through and talk about some topics that make folks antsy, are really heated debates in other places. So we're going to take the information that we have and that we've learned over the last couple of weeks and kind of talk through some definitions and what we understand to be the social construction of race and how all of this applies to white privilege and white privilege it is is something that we all have to deal with. So I'm going to ask you guys, what is meant by the social construction of race? What does that mean? Social construction is a human invented classification system. It was invented as a way to define physical differences between people, but has more often been used as a tool for oppression and violence. The social construction of race is a fundamental um, story of power, which is positioned of the political and economic and social authority, created and recreated categories of differences and assign meaning the value of the basis of those categories to maintain and naturalize the own dominance. For example, um, here in the book, uh, it offers uh, some examples of how it's been used to marginalize uh, certain groups of people over the course of the last 600 years or so since it was invented, basically. Um, Specifically uh, on the census, in the census of the United States, how they uh, used uh, race to divide uh, the demographics in order to see how they could um, change the laws to affect certain groups of people. Uh, A good example of this would be, let's say, uh, uh, President Nixon's uh, war on drugs, how he um, attacked uh, black people and minorities and how the police got a lot of uh, black men and kids arrested for stuff that was not even illegal. Yeah, and I definitely, you know, to kind of piggyback on that, um, I think it's really important to stress that when we talk about race and it not, you know, and, and it being a social con- construct, um, it's really important to address that race is not by uh, biological. Um, so according to Dr. Harold Freeman, who has studied biology and race, um, he even said that if you ask what percentage of your genes are reflected in your external appearance, the basis by which we talk about race, the answer seems to be in the range of 0.01%, which is a very, very minimal reflection of your genetic makeup. So basically, you know, we all have different, you know, skin colors, hair textures, physical traits, and things like that. But genetically, you know, we are all the same. That's a great point. That was definitely something that stuck with me. It was just 
like it's nothing for all of us to have brown eyes or green eyes or you know like there are lots of different ethnicities and races as we see it now that have black hair or blonde hair or straight hair so there are so many differences that still make us so part like what it why is it you know our skin color that specifically sets us apart in the thing that we call race so it's definitely something social and like you said that there's no you know real you know hardcore evidence that biologically we're different everyone's you know you just have difference just like we have brown eyes that's what we have black hair you know differences that are so common regardless of the race that we would see but it's something that completely defines our entire experience as humans so we talk about that like now how does that relate to white privilege so we've said that you know, it, we've made the social construction. We've broke it apart. Now we're all separate by race. What does white privilege really mean? The term white privilege is highlighted to be the unfair advantages of people who are not white people. Um, basically stating, usually when we hear the term white privilege or we hear somebody saying, oh, this person has white privilege, it's from them feeling that they have more power or benefits over another race. Um, and for an example would be like, if we're going shopping and we're looking in like a cosmetic aisle or something with different skin tones and things that it's more likely that they would have, um, I guess lighter skin tone shades of like the cosmetics than darker skin tone shades. And some people may feel that that could be a sense of white privilege because there's not a lot for us as African-Americans to choose from. So definitely taking them even like um in general like you think about um those for medical conditions mm-hmm. and whites like the makeup um like over the last years that completely changed basically now it's such a shade to cover those people where you know it's have much more better shades than you would shades it's just easy not to they can make up really quickly. Sometimes they're gonna have your shade, gonna have like those micro aggressive little things and layers of white and then obviously all the way to the top and the government. We've had you know what five presidents and we've done so there's some layers of where we apart. Um we see that we have like what are, do we have any examples or any thoughts about like institutional racism or like individual like how does that play into like the day-to-day life how does white privilege like show up every day well one good example if i can say it like this um would be how an institutional uh, institutional racism right would be how there's more job opportunities for white people than there it is for black people or minorities in general. Um, it's pretty clear if you look at the statistics, don't you think? I agree. Even if you think about um, not even like job opportunities, but the training needed for those job opportunities. Cause it's really tough to say like, oh, we're not gonna hire you because you're black or we're not, I mean, that we know that happens, right? But mm-hmm. we know that 
the, the, would they, you know, the training and some of the resources that were available, um, you know, coding, like everybody's in tech right now. So like learning how to code and program, some of those things aren't readily available to some of the minority communities, or they have to work a little harder to get access, or they may not have the money to take the course that they need to take to learn. So it definitely, um, you know, again, like so many layers of it. Um, that's a great, that's a great example. Ladies, you you jumping in? Yeah, um, I can say, you know, just a little bit on the term institutional racism. It's more of like the explicit attitudes or the racial bias between individuals. You know, it deals with the systematic, interpersonal and the, um, you know, institutionalized process of us as individuals and like kind of like what he was saying about the job opportunities along with housing. You know, they feel that more of African-Americans would be known for Section 8 or, you know, have government vouchers and things like that. And I mean, even with myself, you know, trying to get once I moved to North Carolina here recently, trying to get an apartment that was, you know, high priced, I wasn't able to get it because they chose some, you know, a white individual over me, which is fine. But it's just basically dealing with that. You know, they feel as though we can't afford something or. Right you know, things in that sort. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's pretty clear to see how uh, institutionalized uh, racism, it, it comes from stereotyping and the prejudice mm-hmm. that uh, mainly white people have. Because uh, if you come and see mainly white people, well, not, nowadays it's become um, ingrained in every person's mind, uh, how race is like very important. But back then, it was mostly white people because they're the ones who invented it in order to divide the classes, right? So it's, it's, you can see how they use race and just to stereotype and, and just to prejudge people. And then uh, just basically creating racism and everything else in front of it. Yeah, and I definitely think also it's important to kind of um, address that a lot of, uh, you know, white people feel as though white privilege doesn't exist anymore because, you know, a lot of, um, you know, specific things like, uh, you know, segregation and, you know, uh, slavery and things like that are now illegal, but that's definitely not the case because, you know, every institution that we have in America is you know, was created based off of these notions. So, you know, even when we talk about our criminal justice system, all of our laws were based off of racism. So that's what they still are today. And even in our healthcare system, you know, um, I have my best friend, she's getting ready um, to go to medical school. And, you know, she's a black female, and she has made, uh, you know, multiple um, comments in healthcare, how, you know, even just the education is totally different because you're taught to look for, you know, illnesses and diseases specifically for Caucasian people. And so a lot of things get, uh, you know, overlooked and it, you know, it's just every single aspect of our society, you know, deals with race. Mm-hmm. And to kind of like go off of what she was saying with the medical terms, I know I've done plenty of research and then, you know, you know, I also have family members that have had children 
it seems as though they're quick to give like a white person, you know, the epidural and things like that. But when it comes to us as black individuals, they feel as though we can take pain for a good amount of time that when we say, you know, we're in pain and, you know, can we have the epidural or things like that? They don't give it to us until really much, pretty much the last point of when you're giving birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The the racism in, um, in like, science and all that it's really concerning i've been in the past year or so i've been slowly reading a book called um war against uh, all puerto ricans i'm puerto rican myself so reading that book is quite um mind-opening because there's a lot of stuff that the united states uh did to uh puerto rico as well as cuba um that are just completely inhumane and one of them one of the ones that uh, stick to me is um how a certain doctor, I forgot his name, but he would um, test with uh, Puerto Rican people uh, things like HIV or like he would like um, sterilize a lot of uh, Puerto Rican women just in order to just prove a point. He would do unthinkable things to Puerto Ricans and it was completely he was completely fine. He was never charged for anything. And it's just, you know, just to prove that he was superior in some race and in some way. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't even realize that. You know, sometimes you get such in a silo that you only, like for me, I'm Black. So sometimes you only see the Black experience, not realizing that, you know, other ethnicities other locations other people have all been (laughs) oppressed by pretty much white privilege Mm -hmm. and white supremacy Mm -hmm. um it's something that spread all over the world we're now just dealing with it in the united states everywhere so insane so many uh, yeah i'm I'm from puerto rico i was born in there and i went to school i basically raced all my life over there uh up until i was 17 then it was when i moved to here to north carolina welcome to north carolina <laughs> Um, honestly, um, it's kind of embarrassing because I was just looking for a, a, a an institution to continue my studies because I left Puerto Rico because of Hurricane Maria a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had to, I was rushing to find an institution and WSSU was the first one that accepted. So it was, it was faster that way, but I've, I've, I've had a blast. I love the education i love the point of view that i've gotten all this time awesome i love to hear that nothing happens by mistake so we'll say that nothing mm-hmm. happens by mistake. Mm-hmm. how about you miss ava tell us about you where are you from yeah so i um have actually been to a bunch of different colleges um i'm originally from raleigh and i came to greensboro about 10 years ago uh started out at guilford college to play basketball and then um went to UNCG as well. And I also um, ended up getting my paralegal degree from from Forsyth Tech. So 
eventually I migrated over to Winston-Salem State and thankfully I'm graduating in December, which is pretty exciting. But um, the past, oh, exciting, all of us. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so this past year though, I um, have been, you know, Uh, strictly a virtual student. So I'm currently living in Valdez, which is like a very, very small town um, towards like the mountains. So like in Hickory. Okay. Cool. All right, Miss Samantha, where are you from? Where are you at? I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I just moved here back in November of 2021. I used to go to Virginia State, but it started to get a little hectic up there. So I decided to come on down to North Carolina um, I'm a business owner. I own a, own my own business. I'm also a, um, Lord, I'm a junior in college mm-hmm. and I'm a criminal justice and psychology major. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And I'm Sheena. I, um, I'm a veteran. I'm worked um, at my job now. Well, I'm not in the military anymore, but I have been at my job about 17 years and probably two or three years ago I was like I'm gonna finish my degree I don't have nothing else to do my kid is about to graduate high school he's to go to college let's do college together so he uh, well he graduates on Sunday so that's exciting but I wanted something to kind of pull all my life experience together so that's how I came about the IDS degree I'm in interdisciplinary studies and my focus is justice studies so um kind of you know started doing that and really fell in love with it and probably have gone a semester too long just because I had to keep taking classes. <laughs> but, um... Um, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. You guys have so much information. I can't wait. I hope we get to, you know, do this more often. If this is the assignments we got to do, we're going to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the WSSU Fat Five podcast. And we are out. Bye.